A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everybody, welcome to Lions Watch, the Football Rambles regular look at what's going on with the England men's football team. I'm Marcus Speller. And I'm Andy Brassel. On today's edition, I'm joined by two very special guests. First up, your friend and mine, Andy Brassel, is here to give us an update on how some of our young Lions are performing on the continent. We'll also be joined by former Wales international and Welsh football expert Ewan Roberts, who will be sharing the latest news in the Wales camp and their showdown with England and co in the group stages. Well, that was the worst performance I've ever seen from an England team, ever. We were totally hopeless for 90 minutes. It's another wretched night for England at a major tournament. And did you also miss a left-footed player down the left side? Yeah, but where is that player? How are we going to win this tournament as England? And England win on penalties! A semi-final won by England. Hello, everybody. Luke, unfortunately, can't join us this week. But as I say, we've got two excellent replacements in the form of Andy Brassel and Ewan Roberts. We'll be chatting with Ewan Roberts in the second half. And I'm very excited about that. In the meantime, I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Brassel. Hello. Andy Brassel wins, everybody. <laughs> How are you doing? Very well. Andy, are you excited to be on Lions Watch? Very exciting. It's, it's a call-up that I thought... I thought my time had passed, to be honest. Mm. Um, when John Toshak didn't call me up for Wales, it was a blow. And Are then, you eligible? Yeah, I am, yeah. I could play for the Republic of Ireland too. Blimey. What a, what a, what a choice. Get your shouts in. You got my number. Um, but presumably, Andy, you <laughs> But would... this is the ultimate call-up, Marcus. You That's would... my point. This is, the, this is the one you wanted. Yeah. Andy, we've got you in uh, because Luke is, uh, is, is not with us um, today. He'll be back another day, though. Don't worry. Um, but also, we did want to do a little check on those young lines, those England hopefuls that are playing on the continent. And where better to start than with Jude Bellingham at Borussia Dortmund? You told me about Jude Bellingham when he left Birmingham to go to, to Dortmund and what a great player he was. And at Birmingham, did they retire the number that he played with there? Yeah, and a massive fuss was was made of it. There was mm. talk of like uh, calling one of the stands the Jude Bellingham stand and stuff. It seemed a bit much at the time, but it showed you what they thought of him as a player. And oh, it, it was more as a person, actually. Well, well, all the whole package, yeah. we, We're seeing some of that now because basically he could have um, not signed a pro contract walked for next to nothing. Mm -hmm. Instead, he signed a pro contract so Birmingham could sell him for 25 million, which mm. is an enormous amount of money, especially to them in the financial situation they're in. And, mm. you know, sometimes at your club, you, it's difficult for fans of another club to understand what a player mm. means to you. And 
get the the, the finite details of it. I, th- I think it's a good case of that. Yeah, so he seems to be just getting better and better. He was very good for Dortmund against Manchester City the other week. You know, he's playing in the biggest competition in, in Europe, of course, regularly. Well, Bundesliga. At, well, in the Champions League and the naughty little sausage, <laughs> naughty little bratwurst. And uh, and he's been receiving a lot of plaudits across from uh, across all of Europe. He started to score goals as well. He's adding them to his game um, because he scored five and six uh, in his last six matches in all competitions. How is he being perceived in Germany currently? Is he seen as one of the best players in the league or is he still seen sort of young and up and coming? No, he's, he's seen as one of the best players in the league, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's one of the best if not the best non-Bayern player out there. He's, he's very close. People know exactly how good he is. They know that Dortmund are going to struggle to keep him after after this season, I think, and especially with Real Madrid lurking, which is not great news for Liverpool fans listening, I, I, I suppose, although nothing is to be ruled out. I think the interesting thing about him, I mean, you could argue that he's been Dortmund's best midfield player for coming on two years now. Mm. I mean, he's he's that good. And he's still only 19. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. But it's what we were talking about before. It's not just the, the quality of play. It's his leadership mm-hmm. qualities as as, as well. Um, the, the, the way he leads the team uh, on and off the field, always speaks very well. But on the pitch, he is in a position where he's ready to grab more headlines because he was someone who um, always had all the skills but he always rolled his sleeves up as well. You know, he's always physically strong, which was a, a great combination. I remember after he played his first game for Dortmund, the first first team game for Dortmund, the DFB Pokal game when he was um, still only 17. And uh, Torgan Hazard turned around to him and goes, you're not a kid, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love that. And that that's really it, him in a nutshell. You know, he, he really surpassed... Um, the players around him pretty quickly and some experienced players around him like um, Axel Witzel, mm. um, Thomas Delaney, you know, he, he was outperforming them straight away. But this season, um, one of their bargain signings was uh, Sally Uzjan, a defensive midfielder mm. from Köln. And the idea was bringing him in, A, because they needed that kind of dedicated defensive midfielder and B, because it lets Bellingham off the leash a little bit. Mm. And you're seeing him make those if we're on Lions Watch, I think we should talk in Lions Watch terms. Big time. Uh, he's making those like Brian Robson, David mm, Platt mm. runs into the box, which is fantastic. I mean, we saw him score in all of the first four group games of, of the Champions League. Youngest player to, mm-hmm. to do that. First English teenager to, to, to do that, um, which was fantastic. It was only against Manchester City where they got that very creditable 0-0 draw that that run uh, came to an end. He's chipping in with goals in the in the DFB Pokal and it opened his account in the Bundesliga recently as well. So Andy, you've yeah, absolutely that. I think everybody, all England fans, are excited by Jude Bellingham for all those reasons well, you just said be, yeah. and what they've seen. So you mentioned that Dortmund have got their recruitment right, which suggests they're putting the right players around him to bring on his game as well, and and, and he can flourish and others can flourish. So, so that leads me on then to say, where does he fit into this England team? At the Euros, he didn't start. Mm. He's not been a starter, really, but he did start, um, uh, you know, some UEFA Nations League. I know we want to forget about that particular campaign. Mm. But he did He did start some games there, which suggests Southgate is now ready to sort of bring him in. He started in a 3-4-3 in the middle of a two with Declan Rice next mm. to him. Now, if England do deploy that formation, which they probably will mm. at some point, that, that may be their go-to formation now. The, the, the Nations League and also the Euros would suggest that in some of the big games, that's what Southgate's... Pr- prefers to go with 
then Bellingham could be called upon. Where do you see him fitting into this England team? Is it in the middle of a, of a two and a four? Or do you think, come on, Gareth, play a midfield three and, and maybe let him off the lead a little bit more? Um, I think the 3-4-3 three, three works fine. Okay. It's, it's often deployed at, at, at Dortmund right. and, and he gets plenty of liberty from the, the, the assigned midfield partner. Uh, sometimes there's a one behind and he gets a, a a little bit more with one of as one of two in front so it depends on the shape they decide to go if Dortmund go with the back four that's 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 what they do but he can play both but it feels like he's adaptable to me and it's almost a little bit like I mean he's a very different player and clearly a very different personality to Deli Ali but it reminds me a little bit of the early years of Deli Ali mm-hmm. in that the first place I saw uh, Ali play for Tottenham was in a two in front of the defence and he, he looked to the man of born there. Now later on, we find that maybe you get a little bit more out of him mm-hmm. if you pop him behind the striker or in a, in a sort of like hybrid ten sort of role. I think it's a similar sort of progression with with Bellingham in a way. I, like as I said, they're very different players, mm-hmm. but in terms of that move on the pitch. But also, I think you get plenty out of him if he's a little bit further back as well because he's such a good passer of the ball and he loves to tackle. He loves to tackle, my goodness. Uh, he also enjoys playing with Declan Rice for England, which is mm. which is good. He said, I've played with him a few times now for England and it's been a pleasure. I love that. It's been a pleasure, old boy. Uh, he allows me to do things that I want to do with the ball going forward, trying to get in and around the box. He gives you protection, so I think we complement each other very well. And, and they, they did look um, like they, they, they've got something going there. Obviously, England had played Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips mm. in the Euros final, most notably together. Some people will be like, mm, is that a bit too defensive? You need a bit of industry if, you've, if you're only going for the two in the middle of a, of a four. But Bellingham's got the industry, but as you said, he's got more than that. Yeah, he's, he's got those attacking tools as well. And, you know, Calvin Phillips has been great for England. Yeah. Obviously, there have been a few problems recently in terms of fitness, and etc. But I think if you're looking to sell Southgate, an ideal of being a little bit more adventurous, but not too adventurous, Gareth, because he is Gareth Southgate. I think that Bellingham is is really the answer. Don't to have that a dig at because he can. I love him, but but you think what he can do in terms of defending as as well. I think it's quite interesting if you go back to the Euros last year. I think the notable thing mm-hmm. in this supposedly ultra defensive formation of Gareth Southgate, you often find. Calvin Phillips in very advanced positions. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was going to have one of Phillips and Bellingham in those sort of advanced positions, you prefer Bellingham in those yeah. sort of positions because you know he's he's more decisive breaking into the penalty box. Yeah, all right, Andy. So let's move on to another player uh, who is playing on the continent, Tammy Abraham. Now we discussed him last week and said you know his lack of goals might be a slight concern for England. How is he perceived in Italy at the moment? Good season last season, of yeah. course, winning European trophy. And uh, and scoring a few goals, but currently, what's what's he doing in Italy? Um, it's, it's been a slower start to this season, but Roma globally have struggled to score goals at, at, at the start of this season. Is that all Mourinho's fault? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like him and Dybala will be a click. Actually, what we've seen as well in in recent weeks is that he's learning how to play with Andrea Bellotti, who they also signed, who's a very very English sort of striker as, as, as well, real bustler. So complements Abraham quite nicely. Um, got on the mark in Europe um, this week, as, as, as we record. So um, that, that, that was pretty good for him too. Um, it just feels like a matter of time. I mean, it's easy to forget. He did have that good first season with Roma, as you say, Marcus. But there was also this dip, like right in the middle um, either side of Christmas, where Roma were playing really badly, where he wasn't scoring. 
and he's good enough to get through that. Also, I think when you look at him and situations in which he's isolated, you know, there's no real link between attack and midfield. You know, he, he, he does all the rough stuff that you want a centre forward to do. So last week, Luke and I were full of praise for Ivan Tony, and we were very much saying Tony's got to be the backup striker to Kane. But we did think it's more likely to be Tammy Abraham. It should be. So, do you, so which one do you think? Oh, it's, it's got to or, be. It's got to be Abraham. Do you I would mean, take Abraham and not Tony? I, no, I'd take them both because it's a twenty-six man squad. Okay, but I, I think um, I, I think that's where Southgate's head is at as well. Right. If if you think about it, you know, Abraham is is, is more proven at elite level. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can argue with that. You know, it's, it's simply not an arguable point. And he's got England caps. Yeah, he has absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think what you get out of him. Industry-wise, even when it's not going well, as well, something to something to add. All right. So, what do you think of um, the aforementioned Jose Mourinho's take that he'd do anything to have a player like Chris Smalling at his disposal if he was coach of the England team? Well, I think Smalling can play in a three or a two, which mm. is quite helpful. Um, I mean, the most recent impression we have of Chris Smalling is him being absolutely terrorised by Victor Ozymen <laughs> last last week. And just as the ball was coming over the top towards Ozymen, you could see Smalling was, oh, I don't want this. No, I don't want this. No, 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 no. Not on a Sunday night. Please <laughs> spare me. But globally, he's he's been very, very good. Again, a real leader, mm-hmm. nice and vocal. Gets goals from set pieces as well, so which briefly, is a bit you, of a plus. Do you think Southgate should maybe consider him? Because, I mean, we, we found ourselves talking about the, the worries of the England defence for a while. And obviously there's some injuries there with Carl Walker. Even Rhys James is, is you know, is unlikely to, to play. Although I, I understand how these injuries work. And maybe if he would miss the group stage, Southgate, if England were to get through to the knockouts, they would maybe consider taking him bloody bloody I'd take him McGuire obviously there's concerns about him fitness wise and and playing wise etc etc so would you take Chris Smalling I would because not just not just just because he's a good player but he's, he's good people to have around the squad, and that's what and that's what we're about, aren't we? Who's, totally. up, who's up on the unicorn next? Because we know that will be going to Qatar. <laughs> we, we certainly do. Well, uh, Chris would be the sort of guy who would be blowing it up. I think. Oh, I, okay, I like that. Yeah, okay. You've, you need uh, the, you need them kind of guys in your squad. What about Fakai Tomori, also playing on the continent, of course, with AC Milan? He's very highly rated in Italy and ahead of Smalling in the queue. Clearly, so you're taking him and Smalling. Well, no, we're talking about my personal preferences here. If we're talking about the reality of what's going to happen, I think Tomori just about gets in the squad because it's 26 and Smalling doesn't. I, I agree with you there. I do agree with you. But you would, in an ideal world, take them both and maybe drop one. Maguire. How dare you? Well, that, that's the thing, though, isn't it? If we're being real about the, the way these guys are playing. Yeah, but the chant, Andy. We want to hear the chant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what Fair. I mean? That's the thing. Fair I, enough. I understand. If we were to make a compromise hmm. and Chris Smalling were to bring the deflated unicorn in a black plastic bag would you go with that I think we've got a deal ladies and gentlemen there's clearly a discussion to be had here post uh, uh, podcast recording there there is I mean it's interesting because Tamori had those two really unfortunate games against Chelsea in the Champions League if you were thinking you know the boss is coming today Mm. I want to do my best and all of a sudden you end up you know tripping over (laughs) dropping the drinks tray it was like the equivalent of that but you know, he, like the Milan team that he's in, has always shown the capacity mm. to come back from that. And he, he has in recent weeks. OK. Andy, before we go for a break, I want to ask how how, how do you think England will get on at the World Cup and who should they be worried about? Now, a supercomputer has calculated that England will get to the World Cup semi-final 
and lose to Portugal on penalties. The second part of that equation is very believable. Yes. Um, what do we make of this? Does that seem accurate to you? And that is not really because, like, if we're talking about a su- supercomputer yeah. in a year that's beyond 1979, <laughs> I-, I-, I take it with a pinch of salt. I've got to be honest. Is that because you don't see England getting to a semi-final, or you don't see Portugal getting to the final? Uh, no, I don't see Portugal getting to the final. I, I think very I- good squad of players. Yeah, but there's, the manager? There, there's a lot of issues. Is it Cristiano Ronaldo. It's, it's, it's not. It's not just the coach. Because he's it's, well rubbish it's, it's, now. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not just Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we complain about Gareth Southgate not picking on form. Oh my goodness! Yeah, please meet Fernando Santos. I was about to say yeah, but but he has won the Euros though. Yeah, he, unlike he, Southgate, he has, which Certainly. is remarkable, really. And he's it? won the UEFA Nations. It's league. more remarkable as he's as only missing one. He's only missing it's, one. It's, it's true, but I think if you look at like the Euros and the World Cups, which are the big ones. Portugal have gone backwards since 2016, despite having mm. better players. Uh, there, are, there are question marks over Pepe, whether he'll actually be fit. Joao Felix isn't playing at all, and he's probably their most naturally talented player, apart from Cristiano Ronaldo yep. at Atletico Madrid. So that, that's, a, that's a huge problem. I think I see England somewhere between the quarters and the semis. I, I, <laughs> right. I, I, I think that's a, either in between w- Sven and Southgate. That's what you're saying. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, okay, so, so Burton blazer with a waistcoat underneath. Right, right I get you. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, up your supercomputer. What other countries should England be most worried about? Just briefly, Andy. The computer had Argentina beating Portugal in the final, which is quite. Uh, I mean, I I would have thought Brazil might be in there, but this is what the, you know this ruddy supercomputer that we're giving, giving a lot of air. It time sounds to. to me that this supercomputer has run out of green pixels <laughs> and uh, very wide printer paper. Mind you, Messi is playing very very well. He is. And there's a sense of destiny. Jonathan Wilson was writing about this. There's a sense of destiny with this Argentina. If, 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 if there's a sense of destiny, to me, it feels like it's Brazil and Neymar. Yeah, they're due one, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. And If you look at the cycle in the World Cup history, they're due. Yeah, to, to, to me, it's far more likely that Brazil or Argentina win it than a European team. Because I think you look at mm-hmm. England, France, Portugal, all the talents in the right Germany. places. But Germany aren't there yet. Spain? Spain aren't there yet. I mean, I tell you what, if you lent them Tammy Abraham, they'd be away, I reckon. What, what do you think of Van Gaal in the Netherlands? Just briefly, last one. Um, I, I, again, not convinced. That, like, they're a level below elite. I think all the European teams have issues, and that's why it makes me think it will be Brazil or Argentina. Okay, so maybe the supercomputer isn't as stupid as we first thought. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Welcome back, everybody. Right, as promised at the start of the show, we are now going to talk to former Wales international Ewan Roberts. Ewan Roberts, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you, Marcus? It's been a long time, mate, since the old Vauxhall Home Nations Day, isn't it? A long it time. has been. It's been a long time since we worked together. Um, Ewan Roberts, former Wales international and Norwich City Hall of Famer, no less. And you and you provide Welsh language commentary for Sky Sports, BBC Radio, Cymru, uh, and also contribute to the weekly podcast Ellis James's uh, Feast of Football with, of course, Ellis James and, and uh, former Wales international as well, Danny Gabadon. So we're in good company to talk to you about the, the Wales international men's international football team ahead of the World Cup in Qatar. I mean, I've I, since I stopped playing in 2005, I've been working for the BBC mm. since 2007. And I think I've only missed one game. And that was that was because of chronic toothache. Yes, I have still got I have still got one or two left that are my own. <laughs> you and even though Wales have qualified for the last two European Championships, does this feel a bit special because it's the first time, of course, since 1958 that, that, that Wales will be represented at the World Cup? I think it does. I think it has to because you're, you're on the, the biggest stage of all. As you said, Marcus, we've qualified for, for the last two European Championships, which we've thoroughly enjoyed, especially the one in 2016 in France. I mean, the one where... I think there was, what, 11 different nations that were hosting games. That was slightly different, I have to say, because of COVID. Um, we didn't have too many fans that travelled to, to, to opening two games in Baku. I think we had a handful that travelled for that last game against Italy in Rome. I don't think we were allowed any fans in Amsterdam in the last 16 against Denmark, which we were hammered. But I think not when you've been successful... Uh, expectations sort of rise mm. and I think that's the big thing now that are on these players' his shoulders. But yeah, it's it's been it's been far too long for us. We've been close on, on a couple of occasions. We've had heartbreak, you know, against against the Scottish on a couple of occasions. Um, against Romania obviously where we we missed that penalty that we yeah. in, it's, could have taken us to, to ninety four. The sad thing is for me, Marcus I'm excited, don't get me wrong. 
Sure. I don't think I'm as excited as I should be because of where it is, if that makes sense. Totally. I think everyone's in the same boat with yeah, regards yeah. to that. You, you're looking forward to this festival of football, but actually it doesn't feel... It, it feels very much like just a tournament yeah. of football rather than a festival of football, we've, if you see what I mean. We've waited 64 years to yeah. get to a World Cup final and yeah. it's been held in Qatar. <laughs> and, yeah. Why yeah. can't we wait for, in four years' time? It's like Canada, America and Mexico. That'd be a great well, tournament. Well, well, with regards to what we just said about the Euros, you know, it took a while to qualify for a major tournament yeah. and obviously the European Championships qualify for two on the bounce. So hopefully this will set you up and, and uh, give you that kind of taste for it. But what was your immediate reaction to Wales being drawn in a group with the US, Iran and England? Hated coming out of the hat with, with England. Um, <laughs> really? I, I was, yeah, because you're a good team, Mark. You, you've got some top, top players and... You know, I Do you think in... there's less glamour for, for Wales? You want you want to if it was say Argentina or the Netherlands or something a bit more glamour maybe? With, I mean, we we no, not not really. I just think you've got our number. I, I mean, I was in I was in Lons in 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 2016, um, and in 20 years of playing, in 15 16 years of, of working for the BBC, that's as low as I've felt leaving the stadium. Honestly, honestly, and it. You had a pretty quick pick-up, though, didn't you? I mean, if they lost the battle, they won the war. (laughs) And and that's what... I left the stadium and I thought... And just the way we we lost it as well, in in the manner of the the last-minute goal, um, you know, it it was heartbreak for us. I I, I left... Within an hour, I was like, well, our main objective was to get out of the group. We've won our first game. Okay, we've had a body blow against England in, Mm. in our second game. We've still got an, an elderly Russian squad uh, team yep. to play. Yep. We beat them. You know, we'll we'll we should finish top two. And so that 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 bit of disappointment, and it was mate. Honestly, I was so mm. low. It, mm. As you say, by the time I got back to the hotel, it had disappeared. Yeah. Well, how but how do you rate Wales' chances in the group? Because you've you've talked about England there, and England are the favourites for for the group. Yeah. You know, that's that's just not be being silly. Um, and then you've got obviously the US, uh, Iran, and yourselves. But if you look at the FIFA rankings, the US are sixteenth, Wales are nineteenth, Iran are twentieth. So on paper, it's it's quite tight. But as I look at it, and this is probably my um, you know my bias because I know the Welsh side better than the others. I would say Wales have got a good chance of of getting to the second round. I think that's that has to be our. Uh, our main objective to, to get out of the group. Um, mm. If you look at uh, America, I think they've got the youngest squad in the competition. Um, yeah. I think they'll have the, the, the uh, an average age of, of 22, 23. That you know they're going to be they're going to be physically fit. They're going to be athletic. Um, I heard an interview on um, on Five Live. I think it was last week that if if they're going into the England game as underdogs, but the other two against Iran and Wales, they expect to win. Yeah. And by, by all accounts, if they don't get out of the group, then the Ryan could be on the wall for, for for their head coach. So I think that was a, I think that was Robert Page's team talk then there and then. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The first game that they they they're expecting to to walk all over Wales. You know, I think what what both Iran. And, and America have, which might not make much of a difference to to, to this World Cup. I mean, they, they, I think Iran have been in four of the last five World Cups. I think America had reached ten. No, we've only reached one. 
that might have no impact on it whatsoever. Marcus, and I know we're in bad form. I know we're in bad form. We've we've only won one of our. Well, so are England, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think the form that we've shown, especially in the Nations League and 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 how you know, games in June with the playoff final in in the middle of those of those four nation leagues. I don't think it will impact this group of players whatsoever, and I think that has to be that has to be when when even though we're in the same group as England, when 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 when, it, when it, the balls were pulled out, I was quietly satisfied with with having to face America and and Iran. I really really was. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh... Looking at the Wales team and, and, and the players they have and the system and so on and what Rob Page is doing, what should England fans fear most about Wales? And, I mean, I suppose, you know, Gareth Bale would be an obvious one, but, but Wales have got more to them than, than just, you know, the great Gareth Bale. How do you expect Wales to play in... I suppose they would perhaps set up differently against England than perhaps the other two. Um, I mean, we're, we're better when we, we play against... Side who are probably going to dominate possession to try and catch him on the break, kind of thing. Yeah, because we yeah. have got pace, Marcus. We yeah. have got yeah. pace. Yeah. yeah, and I get it. Gareth Bale's not the Gareth Bale of 2016. You know, he, mm. he has lost that little bit of electric speed that he had back then. But you know, we've got Dan James, we've got Brennan Johnson, both rapidly quick. So you know, when 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 we go into games and we say have more than 55, 60% possession, there's times where we, we find it hard to break teams down. We, mm-hmm. we are better, and I think if you look at our record defensively over the last three qualifying campaigns, we've been so hard to score against. You know, yeah. in, in, in our 10 games in qualification for 2016, we conceded, we, we, we kept seven clean sheets. I think we only conceded five goals in, in yeah. those 10 games. I think we conceded six goals in our eight games to qualify for for the World Cup. So mm. defensively, you know, we've been rock solid until the last games against Poland, against Holland, against Belgium. You know, all very, very. You know, speaking about Holland and, and Belgium, they could go a long way in this competition, and I, mm. I, I firmly expect them to. So yeah, against England, we'll, there'll be an air of caution. And the thing is, well, it's our last game. The way the way the games have panned out, obviously we've got America first, then we play Iran in our second, and and we'll know what we have to do going into. You know, we might we might have to go into that game needing to win the game, and maybe that that will change uh, Page's tactics because he's, he's normally a, a, a five two three. Um, I thought you were going to throw in a number, another number there, uh, you. And I thought, is he, is he planning on sneaking another man on the pitch? He plays the old five-two-three-one. I was like, a steward's inquiry, I reckon. I, know, no, five, two, I, was, I was trying to, I was trying to add it up as I was going along, and Max is a misspelled subject. I didn't want to be Dean Saunders and, and, and have fourteen men on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I lament the fact that England can't play a three-five-three. To be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> we've got though to get both. Aaron and to get both Aaron and Gareth Bale in the side, mm-hmm. um, I think that's harder to do when you play with wing backs and, and three central defenders. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, interesting to say that we've got a question from Scott who says, What is the most important balance to strike between the old guard and the younger lads? 
to give us a chance, but be sustainable for the future. Now, is Robert Page? He might not be thinking about the future in, 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 with regards to World Cup because you know it's, it's here. He can't. And here. He can't. Um, I suppose I'd, I'd, I'd ask you: Is there any young players to look out for? Um, and, and and maybe maybe some who are going to players of coming of age in the, the tournament. The, the one that. that... Stands out to me straight away, and he's he's taken to international football like a duck to water. Is Brennan Johnson? Mm-hmm. He's been absolutely magnificent playing on that on that right hand side. I mean, you know, he's only got two goals at international level. And, uh, he is a star in the making. He really, really is a star in the making. And um, yeah, I, I think Nico Williams down that left hand side. You know, he's had to move away from Liverpool. He went on to Fulham. He's now, you know. Uh, He's playing at Nottingham Forest. You know, he he gets forward a lot. He scores goals. So I think he's got three goals from from wing back position. But you know, the old guard, they're always going to be there. You know, how sure. it's going to be a brave manager not to start Gareth Bale in that first game. But Absolutely. I think, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know whether he can start Gareth. And Ramsey in, in well, that's first. interesting. You say that we got a question from Andy who said, "Are Ramsey and Allen definitely starters, even if they aren't a hundred percent fit?" Well, I mean, Joe Allen's going to be nowhere near a hundred percent fit because mm-hmm. I heard today that he's not going to be involved in in any Swansea game until the World Cup, until we fly out to, to the World Cup, and he's not played for the last. I think his last game was. He came off after about 34 minutes in their home win against Hull. And I'm going back a good few weeks now. So he's only started. I think I could, I could count on one hand, Marcus, the amount of games that, that Joe was starting. You know, he, he, he missed. He, he, he pulled his hamstring against Belgium in, in, in June. And you know what it's like. You can't mess about with, with hamstring injuries. So we haven't really got anybody to fill his shoes. You know, what yeah. Joe gives us in, in that defensive midfield role. Um, yeah, Aaron sort of been in and out since his move to, to Nice. Um, and that's that's a conundrum at the minute. And that's my that's my main concern with with players that are not playing regular football for the I mean Gareth hasn't started a game for LA since the fourteenth of September. Yeah, well I was gonna ask you specifically about Bale because you you're right to say that, you know, he's 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 not playing much football there's always fitness concerns with with him how concerned are you about that because on form I mean he is just unbelievable and he's been such an important player for Wales he's you know 40 goals um, a goal every two in the big games um, what did he get seven goals in the qualifying campaign we scored 11 goals because in 10 games I mean we're not a free scoring team to be honest and that's one thing I want us to do more, which sounds pretty obvious. I want us to score more goals because you can't always have that solid defensive unit keeping clean sheet, not conceding, because the nature of the game, you are going to concede. So I'd, I'd like to see us uh, score more goals. There's been a massive dependency on Gareth. Um, I am concerned. I am concerned about his fitness. You know, he, he moved out to LA to, to play regular football. Of course, he's got to manage his body. No one knows his body better than him. He knows what he has to do to get himself both mentally and physically fit to, to, to start games. But we were in the same sort of a scenario before the semi-final against Austria and before and before the final um, mm-hmm. against the Ukraine. That he, you know, he hadn't played many games. Um, and what does he do against Austria? He goes and scores 
the two the, the two goals that gets us to the to the final against Ukraine. What does he do against the Ukraine? Even though it took a little bit of a deflection off, mm. uh, I think it was Yarmolenko. Um, he, he scores the winning goal for us. So, mm. as as I say, Marcus, it's it's going to be a brave, brave man to not start Gareth Bale in that mm. opening game against America. Probably, and you know, you've got to get off to a good start. You know, in the in the last Euros, we we drew with a, a really good. Swiss side, uh, which I mean, they they battered us. To be fair, they should have won the game. And Kiefer Moore's scored a, a great header. You know, me personally, I would start with Kiefer Moore up front because I think he mm. gives you something that no one else can. And then yeah. you get bodies, you get the pace of the lads who I've mentioned in and around him. But these are the decisions that Robert Page gets paid to do. Yeah, indeed. One final question, and and it concerns uh, Robert Page. How good a job has he done? I mean, relatively inexperienced manager taking the Wales job, although more experienced than Gareth Southgate, of course, uh, before he took the England job. I mean, for for my money, he's 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 done very well. He's done very well indeed. How how do you see it? He's done an outstanding job because, I mean, if if you look at uh, Page's CV, he had a disappointing time at Paul Bale. You know, disappointing time at Northampton. If, if you ask Welsh fans, he, he wasn't great within the 21s. But I, I think that's a hard one, Marcus, because me personally, if I'm looking at the under 21s, it's all about their development and getting them sure. ready to go to the first team. Yeah, you want to win games, and I get that. I get but it's that. not the be all and end all results. Not, all, not in, my, in my opinion, it isn't. It's getting these youngsters through the system so they're ready for, for when, you know. Gary Speed was manager for, for when um, Cookie was manager, for when Ryan was manager. And now Robert Page, the biggest compliment you can give him is he's the, only the second Welshman to lead his nation to a World, to a World Cup final. You know, mm. That's something that, that he, he will live with him forever. Well, we shall see what he can come up with in the World Cup in just a matter of weeks here. And it seems crazy, but it's happening. <laughs> I mean, we, we fly out on the 16th of November. And we had some good news this week. We haven't got to have a PCR negative result before we fly out. <laughs> result, Marcus. <laughs> you and Roberts, thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you, mate. Great to pleasure. see you. Great to see you. Oh, he's a lovely man, isn't he, Andy? Isn't he just? He really is. Love lovely. you, Ewan. Lovely man, but I would have hated coming up against him if I was a central defender. <laughs> That that is true. I would have hated being a central defender generally. You you would have you would have earned your call on that day. Yeah. Mm. All right, Andy. It's now time for the take thermometer. Uh, just to explain what that is, every week on Lions Watch, we sense check the latest big opinions on the take thermometer. Fairly self-explanatory. This one, if something a pundit, player, or coach has said regarding the England men's team is a hot take or a load of bollocks. Uh, as Luke always says, the five hottest chilies mm-hmm. on planet Earth. Starting with the hottest are the Carolina Reaper, uh-huh. the Trinidad Maruga Scorpion, the Seven Pot Dougla, the Seven Pot Primo, or the Trinidad Scorpion Butch Tea. All of them terrifying, of they course. They do sound they? terrifying. But yes. I want to ask you, how hot is this take? Jamie Carragher, former Liverpool and Everton fan, Jamie Carragher thinks that Bakayo Saka should start ahead of Philly Foden at the World Cup for England. That doesn't sound like a massively hot take. That sounds like quite sensible well, to okay. me. So he was responding to Gary Neville's opinion that England have a real problem that they can't find a starting position for Phil Foden as he's a generational talent. And Carragher believes the team is more balanced 
uh, with Saka instead of Foden. He said, Foden, you could argue, is the most talented player. He's a better player than Saka, but he's not done it for England. Saka has done it for England and the balance is better. We have a centre forward that likes to come deep and Saka makes more penetrating runs. I'm just thinking about what will suit Harry Kane. So is this a hot take or a not take? Yeah, I, I think we're going, if we're putting it in that, um, framing. I'm going for Carolina Reaper. Are you really? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Flipping I, I, I say this is Phil Foden is probably my favourite England player, mm. but I think you just have to like play the hand as it is. Yeah, and Saka is undoubtedly a massive asset to to England. I don't want to see him screw all the way at wing back. <laughs> yeah, oh, he won't play at wing back. No. So that's interesting. So do you think if England do indeed face? Portugal in the semi-finals, he'll be on the bench looking over at Joao Felix going, what, what have we got to do, mate, to get in here? Yeah, they could have a game amongst themselves, couldn't Maybe they? Maybe they could, yeah. yeah. But, but Phil Foden would be a great option to bring on. I mean, Absolutely. people forget that the bench is there and it will be used. Mm. And obviously you have a, a few more subs than normal. But, I mean, he does offer a different option to Saka. I mean, but but you think with Kane dropping deep, with, with Sterling running ahead as he often does, which has England have got a lot of joy out of over the years, and Saka perhaps doing maybe something similar but a little bit different as well on the other side. That's what, yeah, that's the I, I think for for Kane to drop out, mm-hmm. um, Sterling to occupy those central spots, Saka to guard the width, and let's face it, probably win a few penalties as well. Yeah, I think that all comes together in a in a lovely menage à trois. Okay, well, Andy, I'm going to throw in another little one for you okay. in regards to this equation. Um, we're all agreed that Grealish is going to be an impact sub and actually he's very yes. handy there. So it's like, oh, do you start with Foden or do you start with Saka? Well, if England do play a 3-4-3, then that means you're not starting old Mason Mount. We know Southgate loves him. <sighs> you see? Ah, so you see, you, this is all the problem. You know, when, the you, problem. you know when I say during Luke's game slash Jim's game that you need to count for me Mm -hmm. because I find it hard to work. (laughs) This is the problem. I always pick an England team with like 13 players. Yeah, but you always win Luke or Jim's game. We ain't going to win the World Cup with 13 players on the pitch, (laughs) are we? You make a a very fair point. And I think when we talk about all these players, Mm -hmm. Mason Mount is as informed as it gets. So England, whether they play a back three or a back four or four across the midfield or three and no, no, no. They will play a front three. Yes. They will. Yes. We know that. And we know Kane is going to be in the centre of that front three. And most people would think Raheem Sterling will be in there as well. I mean, you mm. may not think that, but but it's very likely he will yes. be. And I yes. think we would agree that that's, that's a, a, the, a, the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah, and I think to have to have Sterling in that when you've got a, a, a wing-back situation is absolutely right. Yeah. So it's the other side. Now, of course, it does depend on the opposition. You, mm. need, you need a few uh, different keys for different locks and so on. But it really is you're choosing between Foden, uh, Saka, and Mount because Grealish we think is you know he's the impact sub. Yes, it's a tough one. It is very. Who tough. Who would you like to see starting? I'm, I'm edging back to putting Saka. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so come much. on, Andy. How do you cope with this pressure every week? Well, it's, that's why Gorgeous Gareth has got the job. But I'm gonna I'm gonna push you for an answer. So here's I'm gonna ask you two different. Uh, uh, I'll give you two different scenarios. Okay. England's opening game against Iran. Yes. And then England draw the Netherlands in the second round. Uh, people, I know people think that's very presumptuous. England have, you, you know, got to the second round, but England will be hoping to do that. Yes. Um, so let's just bear with me. We're going to caveat it all with Gareth Southgate will play it exactly the same way. <laughs> okay, so who's starting in that first game against Iran? And then if England do qualify, and if they were to draw the Netherlands in that second round, who are you starting in that, in that front three with Kane and Sterling? So for the f- for the first game against against Iran, yeah, 
I am going. Oh, shit. I'd have Saka. I'd try and blow him away. I know they want to play deep, but that's what I'd do, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. I, okay, Saka, Kane, Sterling. Yeah, okay. Mind you, as I say that, I think, mm, but the Netherlands might be a bit leaky at the back and then Saka. <laughs> I think I'm leaning to Saka, Randy. Yeah. I think I'm with Jamie Carragher, maybe. Yeah, Jamie's got a point, hasn't he? Carolina Reaper. That's a Carolina Reaper of a team. Because it's a tough one, because he didn't. He mentioned Phil Foden, but he forgot Mount. So that's what, do we think Saka's the man? I just keep seeing Mason Mount's disappointed little face. A disappointed little face. I'm not. I'm not going to get sleep tonight. Now. Oh well, I'm, I'm. I'm sorry to hear that, Andy. But uh, you're going to need to refresh somehow because no doubt you'll be back on the ramble uh, next week for all our mm. delicious podcasts. Thank you very much, Andy. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Lions Watch. A pleasure to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a second cap. I don't want to be James Madison. Well, we'll see because we'll be back uh, with Lions Watch next Saturday and every Saturday, of course, until the start of the World Cup. Luke should be back next week, everybody. But if he's not, there's a very capable man in that chair who can fill in for him. I'm going to be sat there with James during the World Cup, aren't I? <laughs> we'll just be practising free kicks in the car park of the pub. Damn right. Uh, before that, of course, we'll be seeing you for the usual ramble on Monday, rounding up the action from the weekend. Until then, thank you very much, Andy Brass. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.